bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. trying to have this part taken out of the end of this. I said, hey, when you get a chance, can you remove this? Not you. And not Rhea. I told another person, but they kicked me to the curb. It was terrible. So, what I just did was something that is true, right? I actually told the truth. I said something that was true. Like if you look it up or if you say, or if you ask the person, I mean, it's not a big deal. You ask the person, they go, oh, yeah, so-and-so told me to do such and such, and I forgot. I've done that a million times. And then you wonder, how do you get in trouble for doing something Purposefully, honestly, right? Major League Baseball announcer got suspended because he did something verbally that clearly you should never do. Like, clearly you should never... Ever, ever do these, these things, right? 
Now, you would think that that would be telling a lie, right? That means that nobody on the planet Earth should ever have anything to do with anything because it, it, it disturbs me when people say, I don't lie, which is a lie in and of itself. The Baltimore Orioles have one of the best, this is from USA Today, have one of the best stories this season going from 110 lost team two years ago. And it's only 100 and what? 160 games? 162. Yeah, 162 games. And it's a 110 team lost team to one of the best record in the American League. But acknowledging how far they've come in a short time is apparently a forbidden subject. According to multiple reports, the Orioles suspended play-by-play announcer Kevin Brown after he made a comment in a pregame segment on July 23rd about the club's poor history on the road against Tampa Bay Rays. Brown pointed out, and an on-screen graphic reflected that the O's were 0-15-1. I'm sorry, 0-15-1, which is zero wins, 15 losses, one tie, in their 16 series games at Tropicana Field, and that they had won as many games there this season as they have in the previous three seasons combined. The suspension was reported by the sports media site Awful Announcing, and Brown called the game which was a 5-3 Orioles win, but was not in the TV booth for the next series in Philadelphia. He moved to radio for the Philly series due to an issue with another announcer. When the Orioles returned home, Brown was completely taken off the air with no official explanation. And after reports of his indefinite suspension began to surface on Monday, several broadcasters came to his defense. New York Yankees TV announcer Michael Kay called the suspension unconscionable and said makes the Orioles look small and insignificant in minor league, which is probably why they lost 110 games. And Chicago White Sox voice uh, Jason Benetti during Monday's game against the Yankees noted that the White Sox won six of their 13 games against the Orioles this season and then added, which I hope I don't get suspended by the Orioles for saying that. New York Mets announcer Gary Cohen said the Orioles organization draped itself in utter humility by suspending one of the great young talents in broadcasting in this game. And then, of course, you know, I don't know if you know if you're good in sports, but Tom McCarthy and uh, Dave O'Brien, one of the guys I listened to on Sirius XM, Chris Russo, all came to his defense. And so a spokesperson for the Orioles principal owner said there there was no suspension, but then didn't answer any of the other questions. So, first of all, I want to ask, has the front office of most teams now are younger? They have to be what's what I would call older millennials. So I know you're familiar with this story, Alex. So help, as I can say, help a brother out. Did I miss something or are the Orioles just being petty? Oh, they're, they're being definitely petty and it's not even on him. There's a whole, you know, TV department that has that graphic ready for him to go. Right. Like that graphic was ready hours before. 
So it's not like they didn't know anything he was going to say. And we have the, it's a one minute clip if you want it, whenever. Uh, so do me a favor. Let's play the clip and let's, let's let Truth Nation hear the pettiness of a team like the Baltimore Orioles, which will then make them happy. They have a team like the Brewers. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. I can't find anything in that that's negative. I, I can't figure out for the life of me where we as human beings have moved to the point where we are actually crushed. We're talking about uh, at least a billion-dollar team. We're crushed by an announcer actually telling the truth. That he, he disparaged the team that he works for. Hey, you messed something up? Good karma brands. I'm talking about it. Hey, y'all messed that up. Y'all should have done better. Just like you would do me. Hey, Dr. Ken, yeah. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have did that. You shouldn't have went there. You shouldn't have fixed that. Right? I get told that all the time. I don't listen. But I get told that. <laughs> I get told that all the time. Think about that. If you're not open to take correction, that's one thing. People are sensitive. An entire ball club? Your record was garbage two years ago. You probably weren't even given any interviews after the game. You probably had one person go up, probably the general manager. They talked, and then it was over because you lost so many games that the players and the, and the pitcher didn't even want to talk. I don't want to talk. I'm just... And for you to do that and suspend somebody for telling the truth. I thought we lived in a place where you got in trouble telling lies. I didn't know you got in trouble for telling the truth. Because I used to tell the story about how I got hired here. Used to drive people crazy. I said, but is it true? And they were like, yes. I said, it's not a big deal then. It's not a big deal. The question is around, in today's society, it makes absolutely no sense because now, it's true. We are censoring people, and we don't want to hear what anybody has to say. Because now you can get fired, you can get canceled, you can get suspended. Unfortunately, you can get killed for doing just two things, telling the truth 
and telling a lie. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is. I didn't know whether to say the number or the number. In other words, I didn't know if I was being black, black, or just a little bit black. <laughs> or an educated black. <laughs> I'm kind of worried. Why is Alex laughing so hard? <laughs> the. <laughs> All right. Uh, don't forget, Dr. Ken, Jesus died on the cross for telling the truth and being the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Facts. Yeah, but what about when you lie? When you lie, you die? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 833212. Good point. That came from 930331. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, here's here's a I, I came across first of all, first of all, I want to say congratulations to my fraternity brother, whom I love dearly, who Milwaukee has um come to know. We've done him a couple times um in our Black History Month. And I want to say that. He is a stalwart when it comes to um, when it when it comes to what's the word I want to look for when it comes to being one of the most important people in the city of Milwaukee when it comes to being dedicated in every area you could possibly think of as it relates to African-Americans here in the city of Milwaukee. The road between West Capitol Drive and West Walnut, formerly North 5th Street, will now be known as Dr. William Finlayson Street. William Finlayson, or as we know him as Bill, is a Beloved obstetrician and gynecologist who practiced for nearly 40 years, welcomed thousands, at least 10,000 infants into the world. And the Florida-born doctor became the first black OBGYN to work at St. Joe's Hospital, now Ascension Southeast Wisconsin Hospital, St. Joseph. He has done so many things in the city of Milwaukee. Um... And I want to say thank you to Alderman Russell Stamper III um, and Alderwoman Malele Coggs, who grew up here in Milwaukee and recognized the impact that he had on this city. Um, he is a graduate of Morehouse College and 
was a classmate of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. And his father was a, was a, was a Baptist preacher, a pastor, and his mother um, completed multiple years of college and taught in high school. And so everything that he's done, um, he has done while attending FAMU and then later Morehouse College. And, of course, he pledged the greatest fraternity, the first black intercollegiate fraternity for African-American men, the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, and served several years in the Army being promoted to second lieutenant and then first lieutenant. Well, no, I'm sorry, second lieutenant and then first lieutenant because he, and I remember speaking to him years ago, taught people in the military how to read. And so he went in as an officer, served in the Army Reserved. And, and so there, there are so many things that he's done in this city. Started a prime care, one of the largest um, HMOs in the state, um, with a group of other doctors, opened a private practice. Gerald Poindexter, uh, George Hilliard, Walter White, and another good friend of mine, Randall Pollard. And so it's, and, and, and his wife, Edith, before she passed, was just phenomenal. Um, she was also a honorary member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. There are just so many things that Bill Finlayson has done and so much mentoring he has done, even to me when I moved here to this city. He also founded the first black bank, North Milwaukee State Bank. And so today he has been, his, his name is forever immortalized on North 5th Street. So from this day forward, it will now be known as Dr. William Finlayson Street. So that's phenomenal. And then as I was about to leave, because I had to go do some work here, I found out that the Greater Milwaukee Urban League, thanks to Dr. Eve Hall, is now going to reinstitute an organization to educate high school students with financial skills and black history. Um, for African-American boys called the W.E.B. Du Bois Club. And so I want to say thank you to Eve Hall as well and the Greater Milwaukee Urban League for stepping up and doing um, phenomenal work in honor of Dr. William Finlayson. So I want to say, Bill, congratulations to the family. Congratulations. His sister's an, an older woman um, out east. And so, you know, his, his family is just great. The kids, the grandkids, everyone. And so I want to say congratulations publicly to you. Um, could not go to a better man. Why do, I, why do I say that now? Because sometimes things work out. He is, he is a living legend here in the city of Milwaukee. If you don't know him, you should know of him. And so switching gears, this should also make you happy. Arrest warrants have been issued for the three men involved in the chaotic brawl at the riverfront dock in Montgomery, Alabama. That happened this Saturday, captured on video and involved an array of punches and a chair to the head and several people in the water and the fight stemmed from a dispute over a dock side parking spot at Riverfront Park between the crew of a large riverboat and the owners of a small private boat. 
Montgomery Police Chief Daryl Albert said today at a press conference. Richard Roberts, 48, was charged with two counts of third-degree assault. Alan Todd, 23. Zachary Shipman, 25, were each charged with one count, one such count. Uh, Albert went on to say uh, the chief described the three the three as white men who were connected to a private boat, and one of these men has surrendered and is in custody. The other two are expected to be in custody soon. Um but they didn't say who was in custody. Third degree assault is considered a class A misdemeanor punishable by up to a year in prison. The fight broke along racial lines, of course. Um, Montgomery, of course, has a fraught history of racial violence. Investigators looked into whether there was enough evidence to charge for a hate crime or inciting a riot, but the actions did not meet the criteria. The victims in the assault were identified as Damian Pickett, the black co-captain of the riverboat, and a 16-year-old white male. Police asked that a black man who'd been seen in the video swinging a folding chair contact them for further questions. You think he's going to call? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Um, Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, Montgomery County District Attorney's Office, and the local office of the FBI were all consulted on the charges. In all, 13 people were detained questioned on Saturday before being released. The chief said the investigation is ongoing and more charges are coming. What do you think about this? Incident happened at about 7 o'clock on Saturday. They They attempted to dock in a designated and reserved spot. Private boat was docked in its space. And the boat's owner responded to request to move with obscene gestures, curse words, and taunting. <laughs> Did they give anybody a uh, breathalyzer? Because if your boat's tied up and you've been drinking, that's another charge. I'm just saying. 833-212-1017 is the number. Carmelita, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Yes, I think that I think that the whole situation could have been handled in a in a better appropriate way. I think it was inappropriate for the for the fight and all the violence because there is so much violence in our world and our city. No one thinks about anything. They just get up and they just they have no respect value to other people's lives, and they just get up and act out violently, and I don't understand that. I don't understand why that whole situation could have been handled more appropriately. And first of all, they shouldn't have been drinking and on the water. They shouldn't have been that many people on their dock like that. It should have been monitored by people, and that situation could have been avoided. So how do you... You said so many things I wanted to respond to. So if you attack me, are you saying I shouldn't defend myself because there's too much violence in the world or I shouldn't attack people because there's too much violence in the world? No, I didn't. I didn't say that. Well, personally, me, myself, I don't believe in practicing violence. I believe there's an appropriate way to handle that. You let the law get involved with it, you know. But you, I guess you have a right to defend yourself if somebody is trying to harm you. You have, you have the right, you have, you have to take the right appropriate measure to protect yourself from someone that's attacking you. You're right. But then if you're against violence, does that mean that you don't defend yourself? 
Can I tell you something? Yes, ma'am. I'm gonna I'm gonna make something. I'm a, I'm a born again Christian. Mm-hmm. I've I had a woman try to attack me, wanted to jump me, wanted to fight me, and I and I had to handle myself in a in an appropriate manner because I was not going to fight her back. I don't fight with people. I, I think it's just a waste of time. You get in trouble. So, you get a criminal record. I don't like dealing with that stuff. So even though God gave you the urge to defend yourself and the urge to um, save your own life, you would override that and not defend yourself? Well, I, I can tell you I have been in situations. I don't know if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, but yes, God's I am. Word, but, but again, that, yeah. if you're in a place <laughs> where someone literally tries to kill you with a knife, you would not defend yourself. Well, my mother tried to kill me. I, well, um, I mean, today, right now, that you are a professing believer in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. if, if, if I was speaking to you like we are now face-to-face and I pulled a knife out and tried to stab you in your heart and kill you, would you defend yourself? I would run and pray. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you get stabbed in the back and not the front. And she just hung up. Because I don't know if she believed that herself. Self-preservation is wired into people. We're wired to preserve ourselves. And as a Christian myself, I don't know if I believe that. She would just turn and run. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. I got talking texts and a whole lot more. Up next. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tune in to the award-winning 1017 The Truth this Saturday. I think it's 10 a.m. for another episode of Diversity. <laughs> Look at this. Sherwin Hughes. Come on in. Come on in, Sherwin. You talked about me today. Now I'm talking about you. If you could see Sherwin Hughes, is leave that outside. So Sherwin Hughes is harassing me at the window and talking about how no, I'm just teasing. Tune in to the award-winning 1017 The Truth. I believe it's 10 o'clock this Saturday. Another episode of Diversity Excellence powered by Erie Insurance. It's hosted by me, Ken Harris, and Fred Johnson, the president and Wisconsin State Manager for Erie Insurance. We'll be talking about the importance of diversity, equity, inclusion in companies, society, you name it. We'll also be highlighting their overall approach to DEI, future investments in DEI, and some really, really cool awards that that Fred and their employee resource groups won. So it'll be a pretty good um, 
discussion. So I think it's 10 o'clock. My copy says 11 o'clock. What I would tell you to do, turn on the radio Saturday morning. Nope, that's a lie. And I was just talking about truth and lies earlier. Just leave it on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that will prove that you are a part of Truth Nation. Got it? What was I say? Get it? Got it? Good. 833. Huh? It is 10 o'clock. Good. Thank you. 833-212-1017 is the number. Melody, you're on the new 1017 of Truth. Dr. Ken, how are you doing? It's been since Juneteenth since we talked or greeted each other. How are you doing? I am phenomenal. I've had like four vacations and life is great. Nice. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, me too. I got into vacation too. And you're, it's funny, I took my granddaughters up north where the great great grandparents are buried. We had to decide which side of the cemetery. Are they Catholic? No. Well, then they're over there. Anyways, that's another subject. I want to talk to you about lying. Yes, ma'am. Now, we we can't fly, right? Because we were minute, born with minute, wings. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't ah. say we, say ah. I. Oh, okay. Look, I might be able to do some stuff that you can't, like fly. Ex- oh, well, okay. You, you turn me on to that when it happens. You show me how and bottle it because you'll make a million dollars. I, I more hope to than make that. more okay. than that. I heard that. Okay, so we can't fly. I can't fly because I don't have wings, but I sure can lie. And at my old, ripe old age of 66, and from, a prof- from my professional aspect, no, it's very important. If I had to go to the front office for my members or if I had to go to the corporation, you have to maintain a credibility. There has to be a credibility, and that's the most important thing in your professional aspect. Wait, wait, wait. So, Melody, Personal, am I hearing that while you yeah. were working, you were a very truthful person, and after you retire, you just lie to everybody now? No, personally. Personally. Not everybody deserves my honesty. Not everybody deserves my truth. And if I know that individual is either going to mock, use, abuse, turn it around, taint it, they don't get it. I choose who gets my honesty. I choose who gets my truth. And I have absolutely no problem to lying to those who don't. So, and it's got me pretty far thus far, so, but I wouldn't lie to you. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to be nice. Look look who drug, look who drug themselves into the studio. I'm not going to say who. Yeah, you got to actually push the button like, like you make me push it. I'm here on my social time, and I was giving a friend of mine a tour of the Third Street Market Hall. Who Doc- gives a tour of somewhere that they don't own and that they only hang out? Well, I like this place, though. I wanted to show off because the last time they were here, it was the Grand Avenue Mall. Wow. And if you bring somebody here that hasn't been here since it was the Grand, they don't even know where they're at. So, yeah, I just gave them a tour. And I walked past your window, which was a mistake because now I'm in here. Yeah, because I'm doing you like you do me. What are you talking about? I'm very nice and very fair to you, Dr. Kim. I'm nice and very fair to you. But I said, come on in because you always have me on your show. So I thought it would be the congeniality side of me to say, hey. Come on in. That's very thoughtful. As long as you don't then take this opportunity to, to, to treat my you, show, to treat you like like you treat me and I trash my show well. and mock me. I don't mock you. I love your show. About, that's not. I, I love your show too. That's why I listen and send you texts during the day. Thank you. 
I don't know what our topic was yesterday, but uh, it was a lively one, that's for sure. He, yes, it was. Oh, we're talking about black women, which yes. is a dangerous topic. My <laughs> word, it's dangerous. Hmm. But we got some good information out there, I think. I didn't well, get beat up too bad. Yeah. And I was actually talking about that today, about how black women basically run everything. They're in charge of everything. They got hired first. They got all the... And so when you look back and you say there's... You know, black women are being disparaged or they have less and gap and pay and all that. But it's more of them, more of them in college, more of them in the workplace. The and numbers so, are they're staggering. staggering. Yeah. How yeah. they outpace us in education. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of them, you know, get white collar professional degrees. But then we're telling young black men, no, no, no. Get into the trades, which I'm all for. Right. But then black women who have these, you know, white-collar degrees. Ain't uh, looking for nobody with an associate's degree in welding. And they'll tell their sons to go get in the trades. But then when they look around their landscape, they're like, oh, there ain't no black men here for me. Because we're all in the trades or in prison or dead or something. So it was a very interesting dichotomy. I, I always thought it great when people talk about black men and they generalize that none of us went to you know, what was what was the lie Jesse Jackson always told? There are more black men in jail than there were in 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 uh, college and school. And it was just a it was an out and out lie that people just kept repeating and repeating. I'm like, do you do you hear yourself there? We don't have a high enough number in actual numbers to go to prison and have that. That's why our percentages are so high, because we're only 14 percent of the population. And so the question is. Well, where are all the good black men, right? Where are we, Dr. Ken? Well, the good ones obviously are already taken. They're married. Right. They're working hard. Right. They're at the gym. They're taking care of their responsibilities. They're not out gallivanting and roaming these streets. So, it was, yeah, it was interesting. Or hanging out at Third Street Market. Oh, they're definitely not here. <laughs> <laughs> this is not where you want to find a good black man at all. But the people that are here in the afternoon and after work, it's really interesting because you have all the offices here. And yeah. You get to see some of the people coming out of their corporate offices and hanging out at the bar being social. All right. When we come back from break, I got a question for you. I have an answer for you. Because I heard you say something about police chases today. I said a lot. Or I tried to. I got off topic a little bit. Don't we all? Yeah. It's tough. To, people don't get how hard it is to keep your focus. Yes, it is. That's why I'm sitting here looking that way and not that way. Because mm-hmm. then I get distracted and then I go down a rabbit hole and then Alex looks at me like I'm like, well, no, I'm out of my mind. So I guess he can't look at me the way I already am. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, along with the infamous... The magnanimous, the stupendous, the wow, the that's good enough. (laughs) Don't run out of adjectives and then start using negative. I'll never run out of adjectives to think about you. All right, appreciate knucklehead, all that, bubblehead, all that, all that. Okay, so Milwaukee police tops a thousand chases per year after Milwaukee loosens policy. 
Clearly, we have a writer in Jonah Chester from Wisconsin Public Radio and Wisconsin Watch that may not have done some significant homework prior to this policy because um, Craig Sarnow is an inspector. Wow. Used to work with him. Um, When you go back and look, you know, they mentioned some things, but if you divide it into... Like you said, if you divide it into 365, it's like three a day. Um, If I remember, I could do three a day when I was working, like me. So what? A thousand per year is nothing because of what constitutes a chase. They didn't say they chased somebody and they got away or chased somebody. Many times a chase is is started and they may notice something about it. There's too much, you know, too much traffic. It's raining outside. It's slippery. I'm, I'm looking at the person and the person lo- really looks to be a teenager or a child. So I'm canceling that because I don't want to scare them and they don't, you know, all those things play a factor. Mm-hmm. And then a supervisor may just say, Hey, cancel the chase. And it may have gone on a block, half a block. So this this now you're looking at the person who ran a red light and crashed into it's their fault, not the police. You're trying to blame the police for chasing somebody who committed a crime. It, it's, it's ridiculous. So that's my stance. And I remember when there was a policy change because for a period of time, mm-hmm. there were no police chases in the city of Milwaukee. It was against a rule that was set up or that the circumstances were very specific when a chase could take place or when an officer could pursue right. a potential suspect. And it was a huge, I was on talk radio. I must've been at WNOV at the time. And it was a, like a huge conversation about, cause half of people know it's too dangerous. You shouldn't chase anybody because innocent people are going to get killed. But that is the perpetrator's fault. And the example <laughs> that I give is if somebody says, Hey, I'm going to go kill everybody at the house on 27th and Center, I'm on my way right now. And let's say he's in a stolen vehicle and he's going, you know, a high rate of speed through the city because he's telling everybody he's going to kill these people. And the police said, well, we don't want to do a high speed chase. We're just going to let this guy go. And then he goes and executes what he said he was going to do. And then the community would get mad that they didn't chase him. So I always put the onus on the person that is evading law enforcement. And it's, here's the thing. It's sad because there have been deaths. There has been property damage. It's incredibly costly when there is a police chase, assuming that things don't, don't go right. But it is the perpetrator's fault when the police have to chase them. And that's just my stance. So I stand on that. I'm proud of you. Oh, my. Wow. That Can't, sounds like growth. I'm not anti-law enforcement. I never have been. I'm 100%. You sure? In the times that I have needed law enforcement, for the most part. (laughs) Can you you go talk to this? Well, I would say go talk to the Fire and Police Commission, but they don't have one. Uh, How do you feel about that? What? Your your opinion on the Fire and Police Commission. People quitting? Well, there was a piece of legislation that was signed into law by the governor that kind of gives a little bit more influence to the respective chiefs. Idiotic. Okay. Everybody needs to have a covering. Everybody needs to have somebody go. Now, we had a few people on that Fire and Police Commission that clearly <clears throat> didn't understand what law enforcement was about and just wanted to cut the police, cut the police, cut the police, cut the police. 
it sounds cute till you need them. And then when you've cut them to the point of Seattle and, and what's that other place out west? Portland. Yep. When, and, and San Francisco, when crime has become so bad that companies and staples and people who have lived there their entire life are moving out. And they're the people that basically run San Francisco? Financially? Business? Entities? Nah. They are as necessary public servants as people that sanitation workers pick up your garbage, absolutely snowplow workers, yep. like they are a necessary part of it. Yep. But another thing that I don't like about this bill, and I'll probably talk about this li- this bill well into the year twenty twenty four because it's a huge election year, is that we are mandated to have a certain number of police in the city Ridiculous. of Milwaukee in perpetuity. And here's the thing: if we don't meet that number, we lose our shared revenue increase plus an additional five percent. Which and I attribute that to just poor negotiating skills by our mayor. Yes, when you get a novice political yes. politician, and this is what I say, yeah. and everybody kept wants everything quiet. Didn't didn't even know you were negotiating. Then all of a sudden it breaks, and has the nerve to celebrate the opportunity of raising the sales tax to get this additional revenue, in which the, the requirements are so overwhelming Onerous, yeah. that it won't even be worth it. But, so, but you can't. But 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 you're not smart enough. The older men and women have to vote because. They represent you. They're smart. Like you, if, when you don't understand basic concepts of a democratic republic and when not to use a democratic republic and let us one man, one vote, one person, one vote, vote in a binding referendum, you're weak. But everybody wants they want somebody new. They want somebody fresh. They're tired of these old politicians, these old people. When you get someone new, you get someone inexperienced that does not have the ability to create a good, stable deal for the people they yep. represent. So And is. didn't know how to stand their ground because you didn't have the money anyway. So what exactly would you have lost? Nothing. As recently as March, Robin Voss said he wants a tollway. He favors a tollway. I don't know much about Robin Voss other than what I've heard. I've met right. him on a couple of occasions. Right. But it's not a lot of stuff that he wants that other people can agree on. Right. He Everybody said, agrees on the tollway. And he's, he's like, I'm going to try again. It was in the Journal Center. Go yeah. look it up. You don't believe me. I'm right. going to try again to get a tollway. And then the Democrats and the liberals, no, we don't want a tollway. He's like, all right. That could have been the revenue that we need that may have mitigated this 2% sales tax. May or we could have saved it off. May have. Yeah, who knows? May have a lot of revenue. You know they would have made a boatload of money. Oh, Doctor Ken, I got the number. The DLT sent them to me. I'll gladly send them to you. Of how many people come into Milwaukee County from surrounding areas yep. every single day? Yep. It's a half million dollars in cash a day. Yeah. <laughs> and Alex is from Illinois. Oh, Alex. Oh, he pays the you toll be pay, look, Two dollars each way, Alex. We love having you here. You're one of the best producers we have, but it's going to cost you four dollars. Right. It'll cost you twenty dollars a week, right? You better you better negotiate that hourly rate to include your toll. <laughs> you see what I mean? It's 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 just low hanging fruit, and we don't take advantage of it, and then we complain. And somehow he'll actually blame Robin Voss for his poor negotiation. I don't even think he will. I think that Chevy is so happy that he got an accomplishment. Another one of his interesting accomplishments. Not a reason to be reelected, though. It it isn't. But I think the people that will run against him will not be able to mount serious enough campaigns to be able to. But you got to find the right person. Who is it? Maybe we should talk about that. We'll talk about that. Maybe you should run. <laughs> Why do you make that sound? <laughs> you wouldn't want to be mayor of this beautiful, a great place on a great lake or whatever they call it? I grew up in the south side of Chicago. The one thing I learned about Chicago politics, two things. You could be a king. You could be a kingmaker. 
Kingmakers make more money. I guess you're out. <laughs> Potential candidate list. I mean, I think Lena will run again. I think if we do it right with good with a with not the same stable of people that support people running for office, she could win. She's got an image issue. Again, when we go with the same people that help people run for office, remember, Rebecca Clayfish is not governor today because we go with the same people who work with the same people running, and yeah. So there you go. I think it just shows that our bench is not very deep Well, when it comes to potential political what bench? candidates. What bench? Well, no, you're, you're right. saying we have a bench? We're supposed to. Oh. Got to take them that stuff out of your eyes because there's no bench. At one point in time, believe it or not, Doctor Ken, I was on the bench. Oh, people had me running for all sorts of things until I realized that you lose all of your power and all of your influence the moment you get elected. That's right. It's over. So if I want to keep you, I actually gave somebody that that advice. If if I want to stop you from doing something, I put you in charge. Yeah. Now really- you got to follow rules, procedures, and ethics, and you're in a box. And then I get to do whatever I want to do. So go ahead and run. That's great. But then you'll look like a knucklehead. I haven't given up on Jason Fields. Me either. There are few people that can reach true bipartisan consensus mm-hmm. like him. We're trying with other folks. We're trying with Kalen. We're trying with Dora. But no one has the relationships that he's right. built over decades. Yep. So we'll see. Very true. Man, and then you if just not Jason, you. Man, you just put that out there. That ain't no secret. You just put that out there. Jason got a lot of votes when he ran for comptroller. And here's the thing. People don't even know what a comptroller is, and they yep. still voted for him. Yep. And the only – let me hush. Because I was about to say why the woman won who won. But anyway. <sighs> she all but disappeared. I'm going to be in the community when I get elected comptroller. People forgot who that woman is. And then as soon as we start asking about, so how exactly did we get here where we didn't have any money to pay for stuff? And then she's gone. Nowhere to be found. You're listening to The Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, along with the <laughs> effervescent. Wow. <laughs> am I, wait, am I on camera? <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, Alex. Supposed the to be anonymous. The effervescent Sherwin Hughes.